Section 18 of Birds and Nature, Volume 10, Number 3, October 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. The African Lion, Felis Leo. The African Lion, familiar to the general public as the sulky tenant of a barred cage, ranges with freer strides throughout the length and breadth of africa and even extends through persia into the northwestern part of india fossil remains show that at one time felis leo inhabited the southern part of europe as well but the king of beasts was evidently considered good sport by primitive man and he became extinct in Europe, except where, in the Roman amphitheatres, and in many a meaner cage since, he has roared for the edification of the populace. The literature of all nations is full of allusions to the lion, to his bravery, his grandeur, and his strength. The old Assyrian kings carved pictures of themselves in bas-relief, hurling javelins into crouching lions and many a sportsman is today beating the thorn thickets and trailing over the sandy plains of africa with the same unreasoning enthusiasm yet hoping perhaps in a vague way to hand down his name along with the assyrian kings by writing a book it is the lion's misfortune as well as his glory that he is king of beasts the lion differs from the other felidae in the great strength and massive proportions of his head and shoulders and more especially in the arrangement and growth of the hair on the body where in other cats the hair lies flat and close along the skin the lion is so clothed only on his yellowish-brown body the hair of the top of the head and of the neck to the shoulders stands erect or bristles forward forming the beautiful and characteristic mane of the adult male and suggesting in a way not otherwise possible the massive strength of the great paws one blow from which will fell an ox or crush the skull of a man without an effort in most lions the mane is of a darker color than the remainder of the body being often almost black the elbows tip of tail and the under parts of the body are also clothed with this long bristly hair but it is found only on males above three years of age the females have smaller heads and shoulders and are of a uniform color in many minor ways the lion is specially adapted for his predatory life every tooth in his head is sharp pointed or sharp edged the great canine teeth are set far apart in his square jaws and locked together like a vice the molars are transformed from grinders into incisors yet are so strong that they will crack heavy bones the papillae on the tongue are so developed that they resemble long horny spines curved backwards giving the tongue the appearance of a coarse rasp 
with this rough tongue the lion can lick the meat from bones as easily as a house cat eats butter and should a friendly lion lick his keeper's hand the flesh would be torn and the blood flow the claws are very large and sharp and are so nicely sheathed in the soft cushions of his feet that the lion neither blunts nor wears them down yet when he strikes with tense paws every claw is like a hook and a dagger to tear and cut in seeking his prey the lion lies in wait by springs and water-holes and leaps upon his victims from the ambush of some bush or rock as yellow as his own tawny hide or failing in this he sneaks up the wind and through the thickets and reeds of a watercourse or swamp and quickly leaps upon a surprised antelope or zebra or savage buffalo crushing it to the ground by his great weight while he strikes and tears it with paws and teeth in cultivated districts the lion prowls about the fields and villages seizing cattle and sheep and often when he is old and lazy rushes into some camp or hut at night and carries off a man in many parts of africa the natives build great corrals of thorns about their camps to keep the lions away and should one be heard in the night they light fires and wave torches until the dawn under ordinary circumstances the lion attends to his own hunting and when seen in the daytime retreats to some denser cover where he will not be disturbed this is often cited as an evidence of cowardice but is such a common characteristic of big game and of animals and even men of undoubted courage that it should not be held against him there is no animal in the world which can consistently hunt for trouble and survive and so long as the lion can keep his stomach field and his sleep undisturbed he is probably content to waive the title of king of beasts lion hunting has been held a royal sport in all times with the result that the lion has been exterminated in many parts of its natural habitat and forced back into the wilder parts of desert and plain unlike the tiger the lion is rarely found in forests and is unable to climb trees he is ordinarily stalked in the daytime when with stomach full he sleeps among rocks and bushes or shot from stands as he approaches some water-hole or carcass by night the literature of african exploration and travel abounds with accounts of lions killed by men and men killed by lions in these days of zinc balls and repeating rifles it is generally the lion that is killed to the thorough-paced english sportsman like sir samuel baker or gordon cumming the lion hunt is recreation merely and with their ten bore rifles and british phlegm they are in no more danger than if they were chasing foxes through the dales of england the family life of the lion is very interesting and human 
so far as is known a single male and female remain together year after year irrespective of the pairing season the lion feeding and caring for his lioness and cubs and educating the young in the duties of life for two or three years the cubs follow their parents so that lions are often found in small troops cases have been reported where they have joined for a preconcerted hunt and the lioness often goes up the wind to startle game and drive it towards her ambushed mate following after for a share of the prey hon w h drummond in the large game and natural history of south and southeast africa gives the following account of the feast after the victim had been slain Quote, the lion had by this time quite killed the beautiful animal but instead of proceeding to eat it he got up and roared vigorously until there was an answer and in a few minutes a lioness accompanied by four whelps came trotting up from the same direction as the zebra which no doubt she had been to drive towards her husband they formed a fine picture as they all stood round the carcass the whelps tearing it and biting it but unable to get through the tough skin then the lion lay down and the lioness driving her offspring before her did the same four or five yards off upon which he got up and commencing to eat had soon finished a hind leg retiring a few yards on one side as soon as he had done so the lioness came up next and tore the carcass to shreds bolting huge mouthfuls but not objecting to the whelps eating as much as they could find there was a good deal of snarling and quarrelling among these young lions and occasionally a stand-up fight for a minute but their mother did not take any notice of them except to give them a smart blow with her paw if they got in her way there was now little left of the zebra but a few bones and the whole lion family walked quietly away the lioness leading and the lion often turning his head to see that they were not followed bringing up the rear Dane Coolidge. End of section eighteen.